0: And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the
1: Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the health begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, we're going to tap into that age-old story of the glass ceiling for females. Uh, I've always said for years and years and years that real estate was the most female-friendly business there was. And I said it for a multitude of reasons. Uh, You know, an, an, an obvious one is that if you look around what percentage of women... Or of real estate agents are women. It's a very high percentage, probably 75 percent, if I had to guess, that are women that are real estate agents. Then you look around and see uh, property managers of apartment complexes, and you look around and I would say again, it's 75 to 80, 85 percent of property managers are women. This is a women's world. But what's interesting is, is that with lifestyles, we've found that. This glass ceiling of being able to be a manager of an apartment complex or a real estate agent, they never really broke into being real estate brokers or actual you know, like managers of property management companies, the owners and managers of property management companies. Women were still stifled. But when you get to the ownership side of real estate... We find that women are just tearing it up left and right because there's no glass ceiling. There's no one to tell them no. And when you run into successful women, you find that they have way more effort, energy, enthusiasm, intelligence brought to the table. And one of these women that has all those qualities here with us today, she's been on our Super Women panel at the. Expo before. She's given many talks at different locations. She's one of our ambassadors around the the country. She's been to multiple cities to speak. And uh, she's just an incredible human being. So I'm really happy to introduce today, Sarah Eastler. Sarah, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Del. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: A woman that has broke through the glass ceiling in Having told a story to other people where you couldn't, you got held back. And then you came here and just blew the ceiling apart, climbed right through it, got on top of it, screamed from the mountaintops. Tell the story of (laughs) how does a woman like yourself with a 12-year-old daughter, you're training your 12-year-old daughter to be one of these women to scream from the hilltops and mountains. This is going to be a great day. We're going to have a great story here. Um where do we start this when did you know you were entrepreneurial what what age did it come to you that you weren't going to just be the average woman out there that you know got married had kids and stayed at home and cooked what when did you know you were something special
2: well I have to say from the time I was a kid I was probably unusual (laughs) Um, I looked like a regular American but my family had lived all over the world different states different countries, and I I often felt like I didn't quite fit in anywhere. Um, And when you move around a lot, you become adaptable. You learn how to become a chameleon so that you can sort of fit in as best as you can wherever you are. And so I guess, you know, from an early age, just from having moved around a lot, I felt that I was always just a little bit different or that I was willing to take more risks that other people were not, but it didn't prevent me from early on, you know, having the belief, having those limiting beliefs that, you know, I had to work for someone else, that I had to go to college and get my degree and do everything sort of by society's book. You know, there's sort of society's plan all laid out for you where you get good grades, you go to school, you go to college. You, you, know, you invest in your IRA and you save, save, save um, so that one day you can retire and have enough to live on. So, you know, I, I definitely had all of those impressions that society likes to pass on to you. And it took me a while to break out of that. I was an employee for quite some time, and I worked for a large company where one of their policies was you are not allowed to discuss your salary with anyone else.
1: Oh, that's and a nice policy. I like after, that. Yeah. <laughs> think so of, after think I about I that rule. That for
2: a while, I know <laughs> there's no there was no transparency. And after a while, I realized that I was making about 15000 less than the guy next to me. And I was producing more work and higher quality work <laughs> for more prestigious clients. But he, his income, his earning power was much higher than mine. And that really bothered me.
1: Now, Sarah, so, let's, let's go um, back but, to that because hey, I, I'm from that era also, so let's go back to that. Yeah. There's got to be some logic behind that besides just the prejudice, male prejudice world. Do you think that back then they thought that men were supporting a family and women, this was secondary work to the family? Uh, is that where that prejudice came from, or is it deeper than that, that men are smarter than women? I, I want to get it out of you because I don't care if you come out clawing and, and spitting, it's just... Where do you think that theory came from, that men should be paid more than women?
2: <laughs> you know, that is a really good question, Belle. And I, if I had to guess, you know, this is really just my guess, I would say that, you know, just for generations, it was the man who brought home the bacon, so to speak. And, you know, it wasn't really until wartime that women started working and having regular employment. And then women loved it so much, they sort of dug in their heels and, you know, would say, hey, <laughs> we, we want both. You know, we don't want to have mindless jobs. You know, I went to an all-women's university, and in, in our, my own university's history, it used to be that women majored in their husband's field. So if your husband was a doctor, he might be a biology major. So you'd have something to discuss to better support your husband's career. <laughs> oh, I've and, never um, heard
1: that one before. Maybe, that's that's a good oh, one. Oh,
2: yes. It's, it's one of those dirty little secrets of the women's colleges. And almost all the traditional women's colleges in the United States are associated with um, one of the prominent male-dominated Ivy League schools. <laughs> so my school's Ivy League school was Yale. <laughs> So they would have all types of social activities, you know, back in the day, and you could meet your match, so to speak.
1: So wow, the MRS My degree, grandmother
2: right? was a perfect example of that. She went to Radcliffe and married a man from Harvard, and he, of course, was two or three years ahead of her. So she just quit school when it was time to get married and have children. Wow. So.
1: You know, I've heard it a thousand times, yeah, it's called I, the MRS. Degree. I know
2: what the glassy things are like. <laughs> so. Oh. Wow,
1: that's that's an amazing story. I, You've never told me that one. That's a new one.
2: Yeah. So, I went through that stage of being an employee and you know, partly as a woman and partly how I was raised, you just you want to please everybody. You know, women Relationships to women are really important. You don't want to rock the boat. So, um, you know, it's very important to have good relationships with your colleagues and your boss. So, you know, I was afraid to rock the boat back then. Um, And then finally, I had my daughter. And when I had my daughter, I decided that I wanted things to change. I wanted more control over my time. And that was when I went from being an employee to branching out on my own as um, a freelancer, as a sole proprietor.
1: You know, uh, we're coming up the end of this break, but I'm going to give you a heads up of what I'm going to hit you with when we come back from the other side of this break. I love the story, but the story goes from you to your daughter. And it does. We haven't heard anything about. Are you married? Do you have a husband? Is he even there? Is there a man in your life? And how do you reconcile that balance between being the strong woman you are and being married, having children, and being an entrepreneur? It's going to be a great show, folks. You're not going to want to miss one minute of Sarah's story. We'll be right back with Sarah Eastler
0: and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
3: Welcome back.
0: Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. And today we're talking with Sarah Eastler, who is uh, one of the um, wonder women of Lifestyles Unlimited. She's done so much. And what I've asked her to do is something that's so unnatural for the conversations we normally have with her which is to explain how her husband and family fit in to her being this dynamic woman that's out there making the world happen. Sarah, I know that's a very different question than we normally talk about, because we're always putting up there on the stage how wonderful you are as a business person. How does the family life work? When did you meet your husband How do you guys get along? The the reason I'm going here, this is so personal. I know you don't like personal stuff, too. But it is, (laughs) how do women out there rationalize the balance that you have? That's what I'm trying to get to. And as a male, I I can't articulate it. I don't know. How do you do it?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, And You know, there are a lot of women who ask me things like that. Um, I think... You know, it really has to come down to what your priorities are. So when my children were younger, I was very happy to be a sole proprietor, to be working part-time, and I felt like I had good balance, but it was it was actually very challenging for my family because I might have work while we were on vacation, um, you know, during the times that I wasn't working. Everything was dependent on my brain power. So if I took time off, I was losing income. I didn't yet know what passive income was or how to create it. And so, I, you know, I definitely struggled through those times, but any parts of me that were more passive, you know, when I was a younger woman, that definitely changed when I became a mother um when it comes to parenting I'm a tiger very protective of my children but I also push them all the time to um to question and to to push themselves further to expect more from themselves and to keep challenging themselves so I think you know when it comes to balance you you learn how to to make do at the next level you know it's like when you become a parent, you have no idea what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you had previous previous experience babysitting or nannying or taking care of other people's kids. It's different when they're your own. But every stage that they go through, whether it's crawling or walking, you have to learn something new to rise to that next level or challenge. And... Real estate or running a business is exactly the same. You will get a challenge. You have to learn something new to get to the next level, but you do it. And once you're there, you sort of look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I had no idea how to do that a few months ago. And now look at me. (laughs) So um, and that's one of the areas where lifestyles really comes in and has all of these resources and teachers and mentors and classes at your disposal. So it's, you know, really doing real estate, it's not so different from raising kids (laughs) because every time you want to go to the next level you can and there's no one there to tell you no and there's no one there to tell you that you can't get a promotion or you can't increase your earning power, you just decide, okay, you know, I reached this level, now I want to go to the next one. And the cool thing is that, you know, because I'm also with my children all the time, my son is now eight and my daughter is thirteen, they see what I'm doing and they want to be part of it. They're curious about it. So they they've been sort of learning through osmosis. You know, they'll hear you on the radio. They'll see what I'm doing. They'll hear me on the phone speaking with tenants or lenders, and they're absorbing all of this as we go. So both of my children now have the idea that they also want to invest in the family business. And, you know, they, they want to find ways that they can earn their own income, which is really fantastic.
1: Well, let's go down that road for a second you've got your, you say, 13-year-old daughter already invested in a real estate deal and she's getting some ungodly rate of return. I, I saw it on your, on your notes somewhere. <laughs> yes. 68% cash on she cash 68, return. Yeah, it's a 68% <laughs> cash on cash return on her very first investment. Now tell us how you yeah, formulated so, that as a parent. How did you wrap this around, well, I'm trying, that's not the right way to say it. How do you frame this for your daughter? that she was going to do an actual investment. And obviously at 13, she can't sign for anything and she can't own anything other than what you signed, co-signed for. But how did you frame that to make her think this was her investment?
2: Well, she, she knew that I was looking for my next small multifamily. And she said, you know, Mom, I don't have enough money to be able to invest in a multifamily. But would you consider, you know, getting a, a single family that I might be able to invest in? And I told her if she, if she wanted to invest, then I needed to be sure that she was on the same page, which meant attending the two-day workshop at Lifestyle. And she, so her first question is, well, how much does it cost? And I said, well, honey, when you're a member of Lifestyle so Limited." you know, your whole family has the membership. So, you know, until age 18, you're covered. <laughs> and so she was very excited to hear that. So enthusiastic. So we went to the two-day workshop with David Fisher in Atlanta last year. I believe that was February. And she asked questions. In fact, I think she was one of the only members in the audience who got one or two of the trick question answers right. <laughs> Uh (laughs) (laughs) because she was really paying attention and sort of analyzing everything. And after the two days, she said, I, you know, I understand. And this really makes sense to me. So she said, I want to invest my first thousand dollars. And I ended up purchasing two single family houses in the same month. So she had her choice, you know, of the numbers, which one she would invest in. And I guess she chose very wisely because, I refinanced the house, returned something like 775 of her original $1,000 investment just within a few months. And now she's making a 68% cash-on-cash cash return on the remaining money that she has in that deal. And she says, you know, this is the best, the best <laughs> money I've ever made. It comes every quarter. She gets her little quarterly statement, and she's oh, already looking to invest in the next deal.
1: That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to, to catch you off. We're going to go to a break. But, man, what an incredible story. 13 years old. Whew. Man. I can't even imagine where she'll be by the time she's 18. I mean, that's, it's over the top incredible. She's going to blow Boryak away, I can tell. This is a great story. We're going to take a short break, folks. If you want to call in, our number here is 877 711 5211. Call up and ask Sarah a question if you'd like to. We'll be right back with Sarah Eastler and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
3: The largest wealth and passive income expo in the country is coming to Texas Saturday, April 14th. Join thousands of top investors and expert wealth educators. Pick from topics like passive income, retirement, asset protection, tax-free income, finding, fixing, and funding houses and apartments. Get your path to retirement in just one day. Go to wealth and Gain one-on-one access to hundreds of industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndication, and trade professionals. Come shake hands with your retirement partner. Use promo code Expo18 and get in for just 10. $10. Meet national radio host, multimillionaire real estate investor, and mentors to the top award-winning investors in the country, Dell Walmsley. Use promo code EXPO18 to get your all-access pass for just $10. Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com Meet featured speaker Brian Tracy, top-selling author of over 70 books, personal success and performance expert, along with Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, best-selling author and former United States Navy SEAL who received the Navy Cross and Purple Heart for his actions during Operation Red Wings. Your path to retirement in just one day. Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Use promo code Expo 18. Welcome back.
0: Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Sarah Eastler out of Greenville, South Carolina. Sarah has a very interesting story uh, on many levels, on many, many levels, one of which is the fact that she found lifestyles while she was in the middle of uh, a move in her life and uh, it makes the story interesting Sarah let's pick this up at how did you find out about lifestyles Uh, you know where were you living at the time and of course talk about how skeptical you were about us when you first found out about us pick it up from that that moment where what were you looking for how did you find us let's go there
2: Sure. Well, my family had just moved to Houston after two years overseas, living in a very small, remote village in Ireland. And then imagine we touched down in Houston, and there are these massive six- and eight-lane highways, you know, three and four levels high. It was a bit overwhelming. (laughs) I was used to tiny little um, roads where you have to pull over in the hedgerow to let the farmer pass the other direction. (laughs) So, um, but while I was overseas, that was, that was sort of a pivotal moment for me where I couldn't obtain the proper visa to keep my own business going. So I decided it was time to dissolve that anyway. And I was already looking for the next way that I could make money and contribute to my family's income and wealth, but still have, you know, time Uh, to devote to my kids because, you know, they're only the age that they are once. You only get one chance (laughs) and then one day they're gone. Um, So I, I really wanted a flexibility and freedom. um, But, you know, I, I also, I didn't want to hit those glass ceilings again and I didn't really want to be working for someone else. So at you know, back in the US, I thought, okay, it really does make sense for me to look into real estate now. And I knew that I wanted a mentor, that if I was going to do this, the best way that for me to learn any new thing is to have someone who's already there in the trenches ahead of me, who will sort of, you know, show me the ropes. And I was so surprised when I looked up and found that In Houston there was a an educational real estate investment group that offered mentoring. And I'd never heard of Lifestyles Unlimited. In fact, I have to admit I didn't even like the name. It sounds like a swingers club. (laughs) (laughs) And but you know, I called and I talked to someone who said, Hey, you know, we're having a case study. You'll get to meet other members and see what this is all about. Why don't you come? So I did. I went to a case study, and I was really blown away that, you know, these were just regular people that I could relate to who were out there making money. And um, on case studies, the tradition is you do two single-family case studies and then a multifamily case. And at that time, I wasn't really thinking multifamily at all. I was really interested in the single family. And mm. one case study wasn't enough for me. I thought, yeah, but there's got to be a catch, you know. Maybe they were trained or paid to say this. So I went back. I ended up seeing four case studies. And... Um, what really got me, though was that one day I was at a single family case study, and there was um, someone presenting who'd never been to college, had a blue collar job, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, if he can do it, I I know I can do it." You know. <laughs> so
1: I'm surprised you didn't. I, I'm surprised you didn't I, ask anybody. Were they getting paid? You know, I could I could see that you're so, you know, blatant. I could see you just going up somebody's so... Did you get paid to get up there and say right.
2: all that? <laughs> no, it's true. I'm very forward. But, um, you know, I was... At that point, I was just amazed. You know, I had met people who had moved to the U.S. from other countries and had thick accents and a language barrier, and they were, you know, doing this program, and they were doing it rapidly. I you know I met people who had already replaced their income so at that point I signed up for the financial freedom program and I went to the 2-day with you in November and I asked a lot of questions and sat in the front row and you had told me you know you said I can see where your mind's going but you're asking a lot of the wrong questions <laughs> so I came back the next month in December and went to the 2-day again and I kept thinking, you know, where, where are the holes? Where's the scam? Um, but every time that I was at a Lifestyles event, I met the nicest, most authentic people, people that I wanted to spend more time with. And every person there who had taken action had a success story. So that was really the clincher for me. And I have to say that for me, it re- things really got started in... January that I signed up as a pig member, because once I joined that preferred investment group, it was like all the doors were open to me. I had access to all this information, classes, mentors, and at that point, I just hit the ground running.
1: You know, uh, Sarah, it's interesting, the, the questions that you talked about, when I say the, the wrong questions... And You kind of alluded to it. I'm going to put a name to it a label to it It's the how do I get out of this questions in other words? I'm looking Mm -hmm. for the cracks in the armor of your conversation Um, There's got to be something here that you're not telling us. There's got to be something that's uh, not apparent that if we just ask The deeper and deeper and deeper questions We're going to find the crack in the armor and and it's going to save me a lot of trouble and a lot of pain Because I'm not going to fail because I'm going to figure out that this is a failure opportunity before I even start, and those are the kinds of questions that I say are the wrong kind of questions. The how do I do it questions are all the right kind of questions, you know. So if I'm doing this, what do I do next is a great question, but uh, but what if this happens? <laughs> That's the wrong question, right? So uh, I appreciate the way you you approach that in bringing that up. So you went through the two day, and um, what was it that most Caught your attention in the two day, you know it's the I call them the aha moments. You're sitting there in a the two day, and all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and goes, wow, that's what I just didn't realize. That's the secret potion right there. What what did you capture as your aha moments of the two day?
2: Right. So for me, there were a few of those. the The first one is when you presented the model of. <laughs> It's it's really the middle-class model of life, which is you work hard, you go to college, you get a job, you work hard for someone else, you try to get raises and promotions, and you try to squirrel away enough money so that you can have a good enough retirement and not run out of money before you die. And, you know, so I grew up trying to be that good girl and do everything the right way. <laughs> And when you presented that model, I thought, you know, when Dell talks about it like that, it really doesn't make sense at all. And I wanted more freedom and more passive streams of income, but I didn't know how to get them. So for me, one of the aha moments was, you know, the model that society has taught me is deeply flawed. And I want to find a way to try something new and different. So for me, that was a really big deal. And then also, you know, when you reviewed multifamily and how that works, I thought, what? That can't possibly be true. You know, I, I met people who had no money in a deal with infinite rates of return. And I thought, that that can't possibly be true. <laughs> And then you know, fast forward six or eight months later, and I did that. So you know, it was just it was so eye opening for me because this was a whole world of investing and owning a small business that I had, I just didn't know about.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's interesting. That you've uh, taken the path you've taken because you've been so successful at it so we're gonna take a break but when we come back from the break what I'd like to do is let's pick up on your successes the properties you have purchased we're, we only have seven sure. minutes left in the last segment so let's go through what you've accomplished the properties you purchased, the kinds of returns you've got and uh, if there's any time left the the actual last thing I'd like to know is how does it make you feel to be loved, adored uh, by all the Lifestyles members. In other words, you're somebody out there that everybody knows. You're you're one of the people that have created the feeling of Lifestyles, coming in a skeptic, and now you're one of the ambassadors. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, Sarah Eastler and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. (laughs)
0: welcome back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time Dell wamsley
1: welcome back to Dell wamsley radio show with me here today is sarah eastler out of uh, greenville south carolina sarah came to lifestyles in houston but then went on to move out of houston and purchase real estate uh all over the country, actually. She's uh, an ambassador for us, and uh, she's been out there growing her portfolio and helping other people by spreading the word. So, Sarah, why don't you share with us your portfolio?
2: Sure. So, at the moment, my family, we're independent rental owners. So, we, um, you know, we own everything ourselves, not with partners. And we currently own 23 units, and of those, the three of them are single family. And I just purchased a package of five duplexes on the same street. And I also have a small multifamily. So, you know, the properties that I have are very, they're varied. But really, it's all the same principles and practices that are applied to each that Lifestyle has taught me. So, um, you know, everything that I've learned carries over, which is fantastic. But let's see, my first single family investment, um, we captured 25000 in unrealized capital gains, which is so exciting because that number goes directly on our family balance sheet, increases our net worth. And the cash-on-cash cash return is 68% after the refinance. Um, it brings in $430 a month. Um and that's that's tax-free income, and you know it's still exciting that my daughter is investing in that property with with the family. Um, my second single family, we captured thirty-seven thousand in unrealized capital gain. The cash-on-cash cash return is twelve percent, and the cash flow is about three hundred and fifty a month. My third single family, I'm so excited about this one. As David Fisher would say, pee in your pants excited. Um, I I just did the final numbers and we captured 48,000 in unrealized capital gains and our cash on cash return is now 154% because we have so little money in that deal. And while I was showing that house to lease, I had six people offer to buy it <laughs> wow. and um, you know I just said, Oh, you know, thank you. But I, you know, I'm not quite ready to, to sell this one. And my multifamily, that was the first one that I took over. There was a lot of deferred maintenance there. And um, originally the rent roll at takeover was about 4,900 a month. And, after renovations, it is at this point about eighty percent renovated. Our, you know, the rent roll is sixty-two hundred a month, and so that's an overall increase of twenty-six percent. And there's, there's, you know, the potential for more income growth there. And I'm, I'm actually just leasing one of those units right now. And one of the questions during the two-day that everybody asks. And I was so glad someone else asked it because it was one of my concerns, too, is, you know, what if you buy a house or you buy multifamily? Nobody wants to rent from you. You know, it's like, where do you find renters? (laughs) Well, in the two days that this one unit has been on the market, I have had more than 50 calls a day. I, I honestly cannot return them fast enough. And so I just, I will cut it off after I receive my third application because, you know, there are too many people who want to rent from us doing things the lifestyle's way.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the number one fear everybody has.
2: Yes. And this particular unit at Takeover, the rent was $550 a month. I'm, I'm leasing it right now for $700 a month. And... No problem. You know, people are overwhelmingly happy to have a place to live that's safe and well-functioning and beautiful. So, but that's the power of the lifestyle model. You know, it's so fixing everything up front, and we have the best product in the market.
1: <laughs> if you aggregate all your positive cash flow together, how much monthly positive cash flow are you producing now in just this short period of time you've been doing this?
2: Let's see. We are close to oh let's see, with the new purchase. Gosh, with the new purchase, I don't have that calculated, but I will say it's it's at least sixty thousand a year at the moment. But we so 60, so year, tax yeah, 60, tax year tax free. Yes, sixty thousand year tax free as soon as you're putting it
1: back to work again. So sixty grand a year is equivalent to ninety grand a year if you're working and had to pay your social security income tax income tax, social security and Medicare taxes, and you're not paying any of those, even though you're self employed, you don't have to pay that fifteen percent of social security Medicare. You don't have to pay the income taxes because the depreciation covers the income. So it really puts you in a strong position um, uh, as a, you know, someone bringing home income passively to your family and allowing you to have the time to spend with your children, to raise them the way you want to raise them, to spend time doing what you want to do in life. This is really a very good situation for a short period of time. Um, as an ambassador, what does it feel like to have people looking up to you? And you only got 30 seconds to answer that question and we got to go.
2: Well, I would say it's, it's an honor and a privilege But it is exactly what everyone else at Lifestyles did for me. So this is just simply a passing on of the torch. This is a win-win community where everybody helps each other.
1: Well, we appreciate you doing it, and I also appreciate you coming on the radio and sharing your story, as we did with every time you've come out and spoke for us in the past. So thank you very much, and look forward to seeing great things for you in the future. The rest of you out there, remember that Sarah, myself, and the rest of the Lifestyles, we're not doing this for some money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.